0: Hello and welcome to This Week in the IndieWeb, audio edition, for the week of February 18th through February 25th, 2017. This Week in the IndieWeb is a weekly digest of activities of the IndieWeb community at IndieWeb.org. It contains recent and upcoming events, posts from Indie News, and a summary of wiki edits. This Week in the IndieWeb is sent out Fridays at 2pm Pacific Time, with this audio edition appearing the following day. You can find this and all past editions of This Week in the IndieWeb at IndieWeb.org this ThisWeek. Events Homebrew Website Club is a bi-weekly meetup of people passionate about or interested in creating, improving, building, and designing their own website. Most meetings take place every other Wednesday right after work from 6 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. This past week, Homebrew Website Club met in at least five confirmed cities. Berlin, Germany at Salon Schmuck. Utrecht, the Netherlands at Barbetten CS. London, England at Provendo. Bellingham, Washington at Woods Coffee. And San Francisco, California at Matter. You can find photos and links to notes and other posts about these meetups at indieweb.org slash events slash 2017-02-22-homebrew-website-club. The next regularly scheduled Homebrew Website Club meeting is March 8th, 2017. If you're an organizer, please remember to update the wiki with information about your venue, times, and how to RSVP. And if you're in Portland, Oregon, your next Homebrew Website Club meetup is even sooner, with a meetup scheduled for March 1st at DreamHost. Interested in starting a homebrew website club in your city? Great! It can be as easy as grabbing a friend and heading to your favorite coffee shop, bar, living room, or any other meeting place. Even if there's just two people, that's a successful homebrew website club meeting. You can find plenty of information about homebrew website club, including tips for how to organize your own at IndieWeb.org hwc. And now, a selection of this week's updates from the IndieWeb wiki at IndieWeb.org concepts. A new page was added for Do Not Track or DNT, a technology and policy proposal where users indicate their preference to opt out of behavioral tracking on the web via an HTTP header. Sites that receive HTTP requests with a header named DNT set to 1 are encouraged to deactivate tracking and analytics scripts and possibly hide embedded content from third-party sites behind a click-through warning. Users can set their Do Not Track preference via their web browser settings or by installing a browser extension such as the EFF's Privacy Badger. A new page was added called Sherlocked, named for the Mac OS X Sherlock tool when it subsumed the functionality of a third party tool named Watson from Karelia Software. Sherlocking, or being Sherlocked, is the phenomenon of a developer having their project bumped off by a larger organization, typically when an operating system such as Mac OS or a platform such as Facebook decides to build features into their platform that were previously offered by a third party. You can add to the discussion of Sherlocking and find a link to an episode of the Under the Radar podcast about the phenomenon of getting Sherlocked at IndieWeb.org Sherlock with a capital S. More info was added to the Now page about the so-called Now page movement initiated by Derek Syvers of Syvers.org to fill the gap between the common About page and regular status updates on services like Twitter and Facebook. There's a site describing the practice at NowNowNow.com About. Services and Organizations a new page was created for ICANN, the global organization that's responsible for running the domain name service root name servers, as well as the assignment of IPv4 and IPv6 addresses. ICANN is also responsible for the sending of confirmation emails when domain contact information changes, which can be a problem leading to locked or lost domains. For more discussion about this issue, check out levels.io slash ICANN mafia. That's I C A N N M A F I A. A link was added to the page for Ghost, an open source publishing platform featuring an interview with John O'Nolan, founder of Ghost.org, about the history of Ghost, starting with its initial funding as a Kickstarter campaign four years ago, through how they operate as a business today. You can find a link to the story at IndieWeb.org slash Ghost, with a capital G. A new page was created for stalkscan.com, that's S T A L K S C A N.com, a service which allows users to find all public information about any Facebook user. While the average Facebook user might balk at the privacy implications of what the tool reveals, IndieWeb folks that use Facebook might be interested to know that StalkScan returns data that's not included when you ask Facebook for an export of your data, such as your comments on other members' posts. Some updates for Instagram this week, including support for posts with multiple photos and videos, as well as information about the ephemeral My Story feature, which allows users to create slideshow-like posts that disappear after 24 hours. This led to more general discussion about how to handle multi-photo posts on your own indie websites. Check out indieweb.org Instagram with a capital I to learn more, and to find an updated bookmarklet from Tauntech which finds and copies relevant Instagram post information to the clipboard for posting back to your own site. BuzzFeed.com announced a new feature that displays discussion from social sites such as Twitter and Facebook directly on the article that's being discussed. BuzzFeed claims this feature will combat the phenomenon of the filter bubble where, quote, the same story will have two or three distinct and siloed conversations taking place around it on social media, where people talk to the like-minded without even being aware of other perspectives on the same reporting. You can find a link to the BuzzFeed announcement at indieweb.org backfeed. On the Vimeo page this week is a new link to a thread from Robert Hodgen at Flight 404 on Twitter describing a close call with the loss of 10 plus years of video portfolio work. According to the thread, the saga began on February 3, 2017, when a DMCA complaint led to Hajin's account being locked. Because his account was locked, Hajin was not able to log into his account in order to file a DMCA counterclaim to restore access to his videos. On February 7th, Hajin announced on Twitter that Vimeo staff, quote, has officially told me they can't help me, unquote, and that Vimeo's own policy, quote, says I have to be logged into my account to file the counter notification, the very account I can no longer access, unquote. On February 9th, Hajin announced that he had been able to file a DMCA counterclaim, and later that day announced that his Vimeo account was restored and he was making backups of all of his content. IndieWeb development Discussion was added to the repost page about the differences between a repost and a bookmark post. While both types make reference to another post, typically on a separate site, opinions differ as to how much, if any, content from the original site should be displayed and whether the content of the original post should be archived in case the original link disappears. There was some discussion on the deduplication page about how to ensure that responses such as comments, likes, and so on show up only once, especially when a reply from an indie website might also be syndicated to another site such as Twitter or Facebook. The publication of the first episode of this podcast has spurred some conversation about audio content and the indie web in general. The audio page on the wiki has new examples of how to mark up audio posts on your own site and IndieWeb examples of folks who post audio to theirs. Additionally, there was some discussion of temporal media fragments, described in the W3C's Media Fragments URI recommendation, which describes a way to specify time offsets to automatically start and stop playback of media files. This specification has remarkably good browser support, so Aaron Parecki shared some JavaScript code that could be added to any site with audio or video posts to support URLs with time offsets, and to update the URL when the user pauses any video or audio on the page. You can learn more and find Aaron's code at IndieWeb.org slash Media underscore Fragment. That's going to do it for this week. Thank you for listening. This English version of This Week in the Indie Web, audio edition, was read and produced by Marty McGuire. If you have suggestions for improving this audio edition of the newsletter, please feel free to contact Marty in the Indie Web chat. Or you can find him online at M-A-R-T-Y-M-C-G-U-I Content for this audio edition was provided by This Week in the Indie Web and the Indie News Service, which are provided by Aaron Parecki. Music for this episode included the tracks Day 48, Glitch, Day 9, and Day 11 of Aaron Parecki's The 100 Days of Music project. Find out more at aaronparecki.com tag 100 days of music. Learn more about the Indie Web at IndieWeb.org and join the discussion via Slack, IRC, or the web at chat.indieweb.org.